Okay, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this is Chris. This is the Tips for Lawyers podcast. If you are not a lawyer, then you are welcome here anyway, because it makes absolutely no effect on me. If you are a lawyer, though, then you have come to the right place to learn some skills, to learn some practical ways to hopefully do your job just a little bit better than you did before you heard this podcast. If that is what you find this has done for you, then I would value your reviews and your ratings on iTunes or wherever it is you're listening to this. Just helps keep things visible. You can head to tipsforlawyers.com slash iTunes to go to the iTunes place to leave your review and rating there. Without further ado, let us get into the podcast. And we are talking about a continuation of a topic that we touched on in the last episode. So if you haven't listened to the last episode on chunking and what that is and how you can go about doing it when approaching a more complex legal problem that you need to solve, then I suggest you go back an episode, listen to that one, then come back here and listen to this one, which means, of course, you will need slightly more time to do that. But if you happen to need to do that, you'll be better served by doing it. We are talking, once you have done the chunking process, we are talking about what to do then with these tasks that you've got. That is, how to prioritize the to-do list within a larger task. So I've spoken before about prioritizing generally and the urgency slash importance problems that people have and the tyranny of the urgent and the necessity of the important and I have discussed that before. That is not what we're talking about. Here we are talking about a large task. So you have big, complex task A to do, right? And in order to accomplish task A, which is, let's take it for this example, the only thing you have to do, and you have to do it within a timely fashion, you have chunked it down using the process from the previous episode into a series of smaller steps. And from those steps, you have arrived at a list of things that you need to do in order to actually get complex task A done. The question is, what order should you approach those tasks in? Should you alphabetize them? Should you just do them in what order comes to you? Should you pick them out of a hat? Should you put them through a random number generator? How should you go about prioritizing the tasks. And here we have a slightly different approach. So often I will recommend to people, not always, but often I'll recommend to people that they should, in terms of their daily progression of tasks, do the largest, most complex, most difficult task first. And you may have heard this called the eat the frog principle or something along those lines, which is your whole day is great if you can get that big, chunky task done right at the beginning. Everything else seems fairly easy after that. So that is not what I'm going to recommend on this particular occasion. We need to treat this task more as the creation of a meal. Okay, let's pretend we're cooking for a moment and you have many different pieces that need doing, but you want your meal to be ready at the time that your guests are ready to eat or you're ready to eat or whatever. That means if you need to roast potatoes, and that's going to take an hour, you can't start roasting the potatoes five minutes before everything else is ready. It's not going to work. You need to get the potatoes underway, and then you might need to approach something differently in the meantime or do some dicing or whatever. We're not going to stretch that analogy too far, but hopefully you get the example, which is you need to think 
which of these tasks do I need to get in motion more quickly? And which do I need to dedicate more time to? And which can I do fairly readily? And that's going to start informing how you should be approaching the prioritization of these tasks. Now, at this point, there's one thing I want to throw in here, which may or may not be applicable to your situation. But if you have the ability to delegate to people, so you might have law clerks who can do research for you or graduates or junior solicitors who are available to work for you and it is appropriate for you to utilize that sort of resource, then you need to consider that, I think, first. So generally speaking, here is a, here's a rough series of things you can think about. The first is to divvy up the tasks into things you must do yourself and things that might be done by other people. I think that's a useful starting point. Generally speaking, then I would go and delegate to those other people sooner rather than later for a number of reasons. Firstly, there is nothing more annoying than when a solicitor has sat on a big job like this for a week or two weeks trying to do it all themselves, hasn't given anyone a heads up that the job is underway, and then on day 13 with everything due the next day, they turn the entire office upside down with insane urgent memos and requests and demands and make everyone stay till midnight. That is both poor form and an example of disorganization. And I encourage you to avoid getting in the habit of doing that to people. It is fairly rude and it is not a sign that you have considered this task properly from the outset. So ending that rant there, what I would like you to do or encourage you to do is to go and do the delegation process sooner rather than later. There are a number of reasons for this. Firstly, it is going to be the case that people you delegate to have other things to do. You don't know how long it's going to take them to do those tasks because you don't always know. In, on rare occasions, you might, but you don't always know what else they've got going on, whether they have other urgent things to do or how long that's going to take them. So you need to get the stuff that you can get off your desk, off your desk to people you trust to deliver on it. Now, you need to delegate properly. You need to give them the information they need to do the job. I'm not going to go into that here because that's a whole podcast in its own. And I'm pretty certain I've done both articles and podcasts about it before. But delegate properly. Give it to people you trust. Ensure they know what they're doing and give yourself margin to ensure that they get the work back to you in sufficient time that you've got enough time to ask them to do some more things or some different things or to even just read or take in the product that you have asked them to produce in a timely fashion. Okay, so that stuff should now be off your desk. It should be gone and that gives you a number of benefits. Firstly, you don't need to think about it anymore. But one thing you do need to think about is then what tasks can I do now that don't require those things that I've just delegated to be back before me, because that will give you an easy bunch of stuff that you can sift out. You simply cannot do those things yet. You cannot write your legal submissions if you don't have the research necessary to write your legal submissions, for example. That's 
perhaps a bad example because you might be able to make a start, but you get the idea. If there are things that you simply cannot do or cannot be even begin to frame up for yourself, then you need to wait for that product. So you can put them into a, I need to do these after I get X list and then put them to one side in your mind. So now what is left should be the things that firstly, you need to do yourself. Secondly, you can do right now in a timely fashion. And thirdly, hopefully a shorter list of things and you've decluttered your brain and your to-do list a little bit by narrowing this list down. Now, I understand that not everyone has those staff to delegate to. And so if you are left with a list of things that you yourself must do, at the very least, what you can do during this process is to give yourself a rough order of priorities. What need? What do I need to set in motion first? Do I need to get further documents? Might that take my client some time? If so, I need to get those sorts of requests out sooner rather than later. If I need research done or I need resources that are going to take time to order, then I need to get those sorts of things underway. So the best way to get things in motion is to have a vague idea of how long everything's going to take and when you need it by and which things cannot be commenced without earlier things. That will give you an idea of what to start with. And if you have done any work in building and construction or engineering, you may have come across a Gantt chart or a project program or something like that, where you will have seen this being used in the real world. This is how buildings are built because there is a specific order of things that need to be done. Some things can be done simultaneously, as in our delegation example. Some things cannot be commenced until other things are done. You cannot get the electric wires put in your walls until the walls exist, for example. That would be silly. And so your electrician cannot start putting wires in walls until the walls are done. That is part of what you're going to be thinking about in this process. So you should have a list of things that you can do. And hopefully by now you have an idea of what needs to be done first, what needs to be set in motion first, and what you can otherwise be getting on with. That leaves you with a decision of what to do in what order. There are two ways now of thinking about this. And I would put this back into our more standard approach to delegation and simply start ticking them off. Personally, I get a significant amount of satisfaction from doing a number of easy-ish tasks first. Uh, that can be beneficial because it gives you a sense of momentum and momentum is important from a psychological perspective, but also just from the point of view of you diminishing your sense of overwhelm and your progression in the task. It can help you get a greater sense for what's going on, how the pieces are falling into place as you tick off more of those boxes. I would generally suggest, if at all possible, approaching the hard meaty tasks earlier in the morning. Most people, not all, there are people out there for whom this is distinctly untrue. Most people seem to be a little bit fresher, a little bit clearer, and a little bit more capable of at attacking those sorts of complex tasks earlier in the morning. It's also usually a time of slightly less distraction uh, in terms of phone calls and emails and whatnot, so that can be useful as well. So that is two different ways of approaching it, and really that's going to be a personal choice. Which one of those do you find more beneficial? Because once you have done the other processes here, you've pretty much just got a list of stuff you have to do. 
The order you do it doesn't especially matter, but as I have said many times, if you're going to do a thing, do that thing, okay? Don't flip-flop from task A to task B to task C to task A again to task C again to task B again. That is grossly inefficient. It lacks focus and it will generally mean that everything takes a lot longer than it has to. There will inevitably be interruptions as you go about producing a complex task and you may have to veer off as things get thrown in that you weren't expecting. But generally speaking, try and stay on task. If you want to map out deadlines and so on for yourself, then sometimes that's useful, although it's also fairly arbitrary. So it will depend on the size of the task and it will depend on the complexity of it as to whether that's actually useful or whether you'd be better off just getting started. So that is how I would go about prioritizing tasks within a larger job in circumstances where you may or may not have people to delegate to, but also in circumstances where you need to treat it in such a way that all of the pieces fall into place by the deadline. And so whether you choose to conceptualize it like building a house or building a commercial building, or perhaps like cooking a complicated meal, it doesn't really matter. But if you think about it in that way, I think that will help most people start to get a feel for what things need to be going, what things can wait, what things are going to take longer or shorter amounts of time. That is all I had for now. I hope that was useful for you. This has been the Tips for Lawyers podcast. I am Chris, and you are going to go straight away and leave a review by jumping at tipsforlawyers.com slash iTunes and saying something nice about the podcast there. Have a fantastic day, and I will see you next time.